Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 89 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing looking after your eyes while hiking. Now, there's a well-known saying that uh, it's better than a poke in the eye with a blunt stick, Um, and I think most people, at least most older people, are probably aware of this saying, and it really relates to that the current situation you're in could always be worse. Uh, and having been, I don't know how <laughs> seriously, but anyway, <laughs> um, having been poked in the eye a number of times over <laughs> my life with with branches and sticks and other bits of shrubbery, I can agree with this this idiom. Uh, now we often spend a huge amount of time selecting tents and sleeping bags and all, all the rest of our hiking equipment, but how often do many of us actually think about the sunglasses and our eye care that we go through and put on our face to protect our eyes while hiking? In this podcast, we're going to look at eye care on the trail uh, and the steps to ensure we have adequate care for our, one of some of the most sensitive parts of our, our body. We hope you enjoy. Firstly, is sight really the most important of our senses? And this probably is one of those sort of things that not everybody is, in a, is going to agree with this. Uh, but um, out of our senses of uh, sight, taste, touch, hearing and smell, um, all of these play a role in how we perceive uh, our world around us. Um, But 80% of our input or our impressions of our surrounding environment uh, come from our sight. In addition, something that I wasn't aware of until I started doing a bit of research for this podcast as well, is sight also impacts on our other senses. So as an example, foods that are yellow, orange and red are perceived to be sweeter, whether that's the case or not, but we we view them and that's that's our assumption. That's really interesting. I didn't realize that. No, and it's um you know, you, you I think uh, you know red food colorings for kids it's probably yeah, you know, it's probably a reason that it is red. Um and again it's probably it's all been all been designed to to provide an impression. Now, I think when we go hiking, there's a number of reasons that we hike, but certainly for us, is, you know, at least for Jill and I, you know, it's to go and have a look at the spectacular views, to, to be in the environment. And while I think we'd enjoy it if we had our eyes closed, I think, um, I think you know, having that view, being able to see what's around us, you know, certainly does, at least for us, uh, place sight as being the most important sense. Now, one of the things when we think of about eye care, um, there's a number of things we're trying to, to do as far as our eyes are concerned. And one of those is to protect our eyes from physical injury. And as I said, I've been I've worked outside for the majority of my life. Um, I have uh, have on a number of occasions managed to jab myself in the eyes with bits of plant uh, because I was actually working in landscaping and, uh, and horticultural area. Um, so, you know, at least on a, on a, a once every few months, I would go through and stab myself in the eye with something. And thankfully it's never been that serious. I haven't actually pierced the eyeball. Um, but for those of you that actually have done first aid courses, um, eye care is one of those things that's covered as part of that. 
Um, and thankfully, uh, you know, in most cases, it's more not not penetrating the eyeball itself, uh, but it is more about uh, just sticking something into your eye that, that, you know, it is painful and pretty uncomfortable when it happens. It's not also the large stuff that we tend to be thinking about as well. So apart from the sticks and twigs as we're, as we're pushing our way through bush, um, it's also uh, things are like dust and sand. If you're in a uh, walking in an environment that's very dirty, very dusty, and it's very windy, it's not uncommon to get uh, bits of grit or sand in your eyes. Um, and again, I think most of us can relate to having something in your eye that you just can't seem to get rid of. You know, it just takes a long time. You rub your eye; it makes it worse. Um, and um, um, you know, it's if it happens when you're out hiking, you know, it becomes really annoying because you just start to focus on your eye, not on enjoying the trip itself. Yeah, I think that's that's right. Um, so, you know, we'll talk about, uh, I guess, the the ways in which you can protect your eyes. But um, some sometimes. You know, you do you do wonder about the extent to which your eyes are exposed to the the elements, and uh, all the things that can go wrong with that. Um, as you're aware, I've, I, I did a, a hike on the Bibbulmun Track a few months ago, uh, and through a fair number of the sections, particularly on the northern part of the trail, there are a lot of grass trees. Uh, and for those people overseas, they look a bit like, probably the best way to describe them is a bit like a small palm tree. They've got a trunk and they've got a bushy head on top of them. Uh, they can be at, at ground level, and as they get older and bigger, they get taller and taller. And I, I've walked through a number of areas where um, uh, these grass trees were, the, the crown or the, the leaves are all at about eye level. There are a sharp, pointy sort of leaf on them. Uh, and while the tra- people doing trail maintenance had come through and cleaned up some areas, there were still quite a lot of areas where they hadn't been pruned or trimmed as yet because it was early in the season. Uh, and these things were brushing past my face. Uh, and even on days when it was raining uh, and really I really didn't need to have sunglasses on, I was wearing them just to protect myself from a physical perspective. Um, probably the main thing we try and protect our eyes from when we're out hiking is the physical impacts of the sun. Uh, and I think uh, most of us are aware of um, the fact that sun can cause damage to our eyes. Um, and usually what we're doing from a tech protection point of view is protecting from UV rays, uh, from glare, uh, and as well as what the physical impacts we've gone through and just mentioned. In regards to the impact of the sun on our eyes, I, like most people, were aware that the sun um, in excess can cause damage to the eyes, but wasn't really aware of the exact impacts. It's sort of, I had a rough idea, but really had didn't have a decent idea of what the impacts can be. And certainly the, the main impacts of um, excess UV radiation can be, can be macular de- degeneration. And this is something, at least in Australia, that's become more commonly discussed over the past few years. And, and certainly when I go through and get a new pair of glasses, they tend to do a, a macular test just to see uh, uh, how your eyes are going. Uh, and this is a degenerative retinal eye disease that causes progressive loss of the central vision. So if you can imagine getting a small blurry patch over the center of your eye, um, leaving the peripheral or the side vision intact. And this usually impacts people over 50 years of age. 
uh, and is the leading cause of blindness in Australia or, or, or leading, leading cause of what's classed as legal blindness. Uh, so you may not be totally sight, totally sightless, but certainly your, impact, uh, your eyesight's impacted to such an extent that you can be classed as being blind. Um, cataracts, which is probably something that most people have, co- uh, have heard of, and this is the clouding of the lens in the eye. Um, and again, it tends to be older people. Um, I walk past my local shops uh, almost every day going <laughs> to work. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> and uh, um, there's an eye doctor down there and you get a lot of people in there uh, that appear to be in their 70s and 80s with these wide eye patches on and they've gone through and had cataracts removed and they're just coming in for their their, their follow-up check after their operation. Yeah. Uh, and my mother was one of these people. She had the cataracts removed a yeah. few years ago. They're, they're, they're all being... Um ushered in by somebody, a partner of a similar age, and it's a little bit like The Walking Dead. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. And it, it's it's a particular time of day and a particular day of the week. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, not to make fun of it, I suppose, you know, it's something that potentially that all is going to affect all of us as we get older. Um, but it, it really is interesting to see, as Jill said, that it's a particular age group. So... Uh, and the other one, uh, the main issue is corneal sunburn. I mean, basically any part of our body can get sunburn and including our eyes, uh, and that's not going to do us a lot of good. Um, and I think um, from a point of view, I, I have spent most of my life working outdoors. It's really only been in the last uh, the last uh, six or seven years that I've spent uh, my time indoors. Um, but for most of my life, it was outdoors. And um, if you have a look at this podcast, have a look at the show notes, uh, or if you've seen other write-ups where my face is visible, I've got very wrinkly uh, eyes and the, you know, the eyelids are a bit baggy and saggy, and that's because I've been squinting for most of my life. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I've worn sunglasses for really the last 40-odd years, uh, but um, you know, I've, been, I'm, I've spent that much time in the sun. Um, yeah, I'm still getting... Uh, at least physical impact to my face that's showing up, uh, and yeah, and I'm sure that you know, long term it's probably impacting on my, my vision as well as I get older. I, th- I think that's, um, I mean, we'll go into this, but um, wearing wraparound sunglasses are the thing that really help that. Um, you do end up with a little bit of panda eye happening um, because you've got white white eyes, but um, yeah. Getting sunglasses that wrap around more when you were younger probably would have helped your wrinkles today, Tim. Now, I'm from a generation that um, didn't really take um, sun care too seriously. Um, uh, and, you know, and, and apparently most of the damage tends to be done from when you're younger. So we had a, a, a an ad that was played to us um, quite big as the government made quite a big thing of it. It was slip, slop, slap. And that was slip on a shirt, slop on sunscreen, and slap on a hat. Uh, and it was trying to encourage people to get out of sun, or at least if they are in the sun, to seek protection. Uh, and and certainly um, sunglasses or wearing of sunglasses wasn't really that common when I was a teenager. Um, it was something that adults tended to do. Kids, you know, you didn't worry about kids in sunglasses. Uh, whereas now they're saying that uh, children should be encouraged to wear sunglasses you know, from essentially the time that they're able to keep them on. 
um, you know, which might be sort of six, seven, eight, whatever it happens to be, uh, or even younger. It's going to depend on the child. And it's really funny because when you do see small children um, with sunglasses on, you think it's a bit of an affectation, a bit sort of a a, a fashion thing, um, but it is very practical and, um, you know, so, so, something that the, the parents of those kids um, should be uh, rewarded, applauded, applauded for doing. Now, when I went through and did some research for this um, uh, uh, this podcast, there are a few things that I was aware of as a general thing, but there was a few things that I came across that I really didn't know. You know and I think I, I consider myself to be reasonably well educated, but it was just something I hadn't really thought about. And I think a lot of people probably aren't aware of this. And this was that um, solar UV radiation increases with altitude. Um, and at 2,000 metres, which is basically the Australian Alps in a lot of areas, uh, the UV radiation can be 30% higher than at sea level. During the snow season, this impact can be worse due to the reflection of the snow. Uh, now, anecdotally, I was aware of this. Uh, I've always found that being at altitude um, does tend to be uh, feel the sun impacts of the sun does tend to feel a lot worse. Uh, I did the main range walk up in uh, Kosciuszko National Park in uh, earlier this year during the summertime, and you just the sun just tends to impact on you so much worse. Uh, and even when it's not that hot, you know, it doesn't have to be 30 or 40 degrees. It might only be in the low 20s, but it just feels a lot more intense. And certainly, um, you know, when you actually look at the, the figures that the UV radiation is 30% higher, you realize what it's doing. I think the other thing with being in, in, the, in the Australian Alps, at least anyway, um, particularly the high parts, is there's virtually no trees. So in a lot of cases, you're above the tree line. Uh, there is no shade. Uh, you're getting a lot of exposure to the sun, um, whereas um, for a lot of bushwalking that people do, you might be coming in and out of trees and it's being reduced. Um, I've also found that overseas as well, uh, when I've been through um, Bhutan and, and through South America, uh, hiking at high altitude, it, the, 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 the sun just does tend to suck the life out of you so much more. And I'd always put this down to uh, the altitude itself, uh, you know, with altitude, you know, the impacts of altitude rather than the increase in UV radiation, which I hadn't really thought of. The other thing um, uh, with uh, sunglasses that I picked up from this was uh, that darker tinted sunglasses, while they do reduce the amount of visible light, don't necessarily provide greater protection from UV radiation. Really what it does come down to is the properties contained within the lenses that do all the work. So darker sunglasses, while they will reduce the physical light, aren't necessarily going to increase or reduce the amount of UV radiation. So it's a matter of looking at a particular set of uh, a particular pair of glasses and seeing what they're doing. And the other thing it was uh, that sunglasses should be worn when the UV radiation is three and above. Now I think in Australia, even when it's raining, it's probably three and above. <laughs> um, and I think you know, uh, at night time is probably the only time when the UV radiation probably drops below that. So um, you know, in summertime, it's pretty much you walk out the door, you got it, you should have a pair of sunglasses on. Um, and I hadn't realised that it was so low that they're recommending it. I tend to, you know, I walk out the door, particularly during the warmer months of the year, and I've got sunglasses on. And even during winter time, um, it's just more to cut down the glare from my perspective. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, generally, generally wear uh, sunglasses, and um, even if it's not um, p- particularly um, hot weather, um, I do find that I'm quite conscious of the glare. So I like to wear them for that reason. Now, as far as prevention or looking after your eyes while you're hiking, there's a number of things you can go through and do. And the first one is a decent broad-brimmed hat. Um, Now, I typically, if you go through and have a look at the photos on the blog, there's two types of hats that I'll wear, and it will depend on the time of the year and the weather. I'll wear a peak cap when it's during the wintertime, uh, and when it's raining, as in it's really raining, I'll wear a peak cap. Uh, But otherwise, I tend to be wearing a a broad-brimmed hat. Um, or at least a hybrid-type broad-brimmed hat, uh, because I find that even with a, a good quality set of sunglasses, that um, you find that um, there's always tends to be some sort of leakage, no matter how good they are. All right, one of the things you need to be aware of with sunglasses from an Australian perspective is there is an, an Australian standard for sunglasses, um, and there's basically uh, four categories uh, that we're really concerned with. Category zero is a fashion lens, so they're not really sunglasses, so they've got virtually low ability for a glare, and they've got either um, no or limited UV protection. Category one, again, they're still classed as fashion spectacles, um, so they're not uh, sunglasses. They do provide some limited sun glare and some UV protection, uh, but uh, but they're not really uh, worthwhile using if you're going to be outside for quite uh, long periods. Now, now we're getting up into the next levels, and this is what we want to be looking at for hiking. Uh, and this is the Category 2 and Category 3 sunglasses. Category 2 provides uh, a medium level of sun glare reduction and good UV protection. And Category 3, the sunglasses provide a high level of sun glare reduction and good UV protection. Now, there is Category 4 sunglasses, and we've got a picture of that on the uh, the written version of the uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, and these provide a very high level of sun glare protect, uh, protection and good UV protection. Um, normally, the Category 4 sunglasses tend to have uh, blinkers is probably the best way to describe them. Uh, and when you see it, the photo, you'll, you'll, everyone will recognize what they are. Um, these are particularly good for when you're out in the snow uh, and you're trying to really de- uh, limit the glare. Um, having said that, though, you should not drive in Category 4 sunglasses. I have in the past, because I wasn't aware you weren't supposed to. Um, but these things, because they are really limiting your vision out of the side of the, the glasses, um, it's going to impact on what you're seeing and impact on your driving safety. I think also the Category 4 um, lenses uh, distort images a little bit. So it's it's not just that it's com- they're completely sealed in, um, because you could potentially, in some of the styles, take that away. Um, take the blinkers away, but but there's there's something I'm not sure what it is, but it happens in the lenses, and uh, it means you don't get the the vision that you need and the clarity that you need when you're driving. I think, as I said in reading for the uh, this podcast, I think one of the things they said is it can impact on uh, on the color that you're seeing. So particularly if you're trying to look at a set of traffic lights and you're not seeing the right color, that that's where the issue tends that, to be. Yeah, that could be a problem. Hey. <laughs> So now we're going to go through and listen to a short interview on uh, from Dominic from Mako Eyewear, which we recorded earlier this year, uh, and just on looking at some of the things in relation to choosing sunglasses. 
Good morning. We're here with Dom from Mako Eyewear. Now, if someone's looking for a pair of sunglasses, um, what's the, I suppose, the, 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 the top things that people should look for? The most important thing, without a doubt, is actually the comfort of the glasses themselves. There's no point in buying a pair of glasses if they're going to give you a headache. Unfortunately, most people walk into a shop, they'll put them on, look in a mirror, go, I look great go to the counter, buy them and walk out. The best thing they can do really is try them on for a number of minutes, not seconds. That way you can feel where there's pressure. Now most of the pressure you will feel will be behind the ear, on top of the ear or on the bridge of your nose. Um, And being aware of that pressure is important because over time that sort of thing can cause a headache so the comfort is the most important thing and then from there it's choosing a lens that is good for your eyes now everyone sees things differently and everyone uh, interprets color differently so a gray is generally the darkest tint that you can get it's very comfortable to wear because it doesn't distort color and it's close to what you would see with the normal human eye in terms of its colour representation, but it does cut down a lot of detail because it's less light coming through to your eyes. From there, the other end of the spectrum are your coppers. Coppers are what we call a highlighting lens. It will make everything look brighter when you put it on, still reducing the glare to the same degree being polarised, but it does seem brighter. It pulls colours out and creates a bigger difference between those colours, and that gives you the detail as well. You've obviously got more light coming through with the copper as well. So as an example then if you're into photography maybe the coppers might be a bit better not so much for taking them through the lens of a camera but just seeing what's actually there. Absolutely look in terms of in terms of getting detail and seeing what's out there if you're in an environment where there's a bit of shade and obviously when you're hiking you're, you're going through a lot of tree bush you might have scattered sunlight coming through your lenses such as your copper and your rose and possibly a brown will probably give you the most detail and mean that you're not lifting them off your face all the time to actually see what's in the distance. All right. Um, so, okay, so comfort's the main priority. Uh, mm-hmm. What would be your next thing from there? What would you look for? Uh, lens comfort, I yep. guess, is the next important thing. So whether it's nice and comfortable for you to wear, as I said, the grey is going to be more comfortable than, than most of the other lens colours. Uh, but everyone's different. And what I can wear all day may not be the same lens colour as what you could wear all day. All right, so ideally, as, as you've said, try them on for a few minutes and if possible, if, it's, if it is possible, go out in the sunlight. Yes. Uh, if, if the store is has access to that to Absolutely. see what they're like. Definitely. All right. Um, okay, so we've been talking with Dom from Mako Eyewear. So as, uh, as Dominic mentioned in that short interview there, um, what you're looking for is First and foremost, um, you know, there's got to be the right category that suit what you're going to do. So it's going to give you protection from glare and protection from UV radiation. Uh, but equally importantly, they need to fit and fit properly. Uh, buying a pair of sunglasses because they're cheap or for that matter because they're expensive but and they look good um, isn't going to be much very effective if they don't fit particularly comfortably. If they're too tight, um, uh, they might you know break if you're trying to force them on. If they're too loose, they're not going to cut enough glare coming in from the sides of the eyes. So fit is a fairly important factor here. Probably what's not so important um, is uh, cost. Um, if you can get a Category 2, 3 or 4 pair of sunglasses for $50, $60 or even cheaper, there's nothing wrong with them. So if they fit, um, if they are fall into those categories, they're fine. 
I think the main thing is to make sure they meet the Australian standard and, and um, you know, most sunglasses sold in Australia should um, and the category uh, rating is usually somewhere, um, not always conspicuous, but somewhere on the um, the tag attached to the, the sunglasses. Um, and as I said, I know looking at, looking at doing the research for this this, this episode, uh, one of the government agencies actually had a batch of sunglasses or glasses that had been recalled claiming to be sunglasses and weren't. They had the wrong categories on them. So um, they certainly um, keep an eye on things like that from a safety perspective. Now, um, around about uh, three or four weeks ago, we did a poll uh, on our Facebook page uh, just to see what people do do with eye, eye care. Uh, and um, this is the results that we actually got out of this. So the um, uh, first question was, do you use sunglasses when you go hiking? Uh, over 61% said always. Uh, 35% or 36% said occasionally. And only 3% said never. So most people are looking at wearing sunglasses when they're out hiking. As far as replacing sunglasses, um, 43% replace their glasses every one to two years. uh, And then around about another 41% do it uh, every two years or more. In relation to choosing sunglasses, um, the the ranking on this was um, the main consideration uh, was um, uh, fit was the first priority, uh, followed by price, features, appearance, durability, and then brand. Um, so I think in that respect, people are choosing fit as the first priority, and that's the good thing to see. In relation to, uh, to whether people have a special set of sunglasses for hiking as opposed to their normal day-to-day life, um, most people... Uh, didn't they just use whatever they have? Uh, but thirty-one percent do have a dedicated pair of hiking sunglasses. Um, and I must admit, um, I used to be like that. I used to have a pair of uh, dedicated hiking sunglasses. Now I tend to buy a pair that, do- that does both jobs. Main reason that people wear sunglasses: ninety-five uh, percent is protection from the sun. Sixty-one uh, percent physical eye protection. Uh, and then another twenty percent for prescription. Um, you know, it's always good not having to worry about having to carry two pairs of glasses, or to or to take your sunglasses off and get your reading glasses out if you have to. Now, in relation to the amount of money that people spend on glasses, twenty five percent spend less than fifty dollars, twenty percent spend under a hundred dollars. Uh, 33% spend somewhere between $100 and $200, and another 23% spend more than $200 when they do replace their sunglasses. So, you know, it's a reasonably even sort of spread. Uh, And certainly, as I said, you know, you don't have to buy the most expensive glasses as they're fit, they're comfortable, and they have the features you want. Nothing wrong with the cheaper glasses. Yeah, and sometimes when you do buy the most expensive glasses you can do silly things like leave them in in a public place a couple of hours after you've bought them and then 10 seconds later you go back and they're gone (laughs) so that's a hard lesson to learn (laughs) 
So as we've discussed this evening, really eye care should be something that everyone considers when they go hiking. Uh, you know, not just the sunglasses, the hat, um, doing anything you can to sort of keep your eye health as good as you can. Uh, it's going to keep you hiking longer uh, into your older age uh, and be able to enjoy it a lot more. So that's all for this week's episode. We hope you've enjoyed. On next week's episode, which is our bonus episode for December 2018, we're actually going to be going through and recording the importers of Big Agnes Tents. Uh, this is a brand of tent that's fairly well known within the hiking industry, um, and it's something that we haven't been able to do at the outdoor retailer shows over the last couple of years, so we thought we'd remedy that. Uh, so for those of you looking at tents, uh, this is a good interview to go through and listen to. As always, you can download this episode from our website on www.australianhiker.com.au through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio, through Spotify and through iTunes. And if you have the chance, please go through and give us a five-star rating on iTunes to help get the message out there.